0: Contegra is construction with integrity. We mean it, believe in it, and manifest it in all we do. Without structural integrity, a building won't endure. Without personal integrity, a client relationship won't grow. We develop and complete projects safely, on time, and within budget. We don't shy away from an aggressive timeline, nor from a project or vision that's years in the making. Contegra, construction with integrity.
1: Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Build St. Louis, the regional podcast that is capturing and sharing the very heartbeat of construction and development. I'm your host, Carrie Smith, and with us today is John Flynn, Safety Director at Contegra Construction. I'm so excited about today's topic, Staying Safe on the Job Site, and I think we can't talk about it enough. Let me tell you a little bit about John. His bachelor's degree is in safety management from the University of Central Missouri, and he is has been Safety Director at Contegra. looks like for nearly three and a half years. John, welcome. We're so glad to have you with us on this episode. No,
0: thanks, great to be here.
1: Awesome. I know you know I've talked several times for St. Louis CNR magazine, and so I'm looking forward to sharing or discussion-oriented conversation on the topic of staying safe on the job site. And first, John, I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about what makes Contegra Construction safety culture perhaps unique to other companies in your industry. Feel free to brag on Contegra a little bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not to break too much, obviously, but I think there's a number of things that make us unique to other companies in our industry. I think we have a very collaborative effort in our safety program, meaning, you know, it's not just a one-man show. It's not just me. It's not just our other safety field ticket manager, Austin Sherwood, at the leadership of the company. at the owners of the company, and we're at ESOP now. But the executive team is is fully involved and aware of all the safety positions of our company. I'll say that. So it's collaborative effort. If I have questions, I go straight to my manager who's COO. I can go to our CFO office claims, our executive team, and so forth. So you know, we I brief them every single week on what's going on in the field in terms of safety, what's going on as a company in terms of safety. We have a safety committee meeting that meets once a month, to discuss it as a group, and that includes you know, the leadership of the company, as well as a few project directors, the director of field operations. So I would say one of the main things is that it's a collaborative effort and that we, like a lot of things here at Consegra, and not everybody just does one thing. I think a lot of us, part of our main job functions, we delve into other things, too, to try and help other positions in the company to make us better and safer. I think we have a good employee commitment. Very, very rare that I will ever come out with something new or something that's going to make us safer or something that's going to help protect us longer term and then have the employees disagree with it. I think pretty much anything that we ask them to implement, whether that be weekly safety inspections, whether that be job kickoff meetings, whether it be pre-job meetings on specific tasks, they're 100% committed and there's hardly ever any pushback, which is kind of unusual sometimes in the safety field. So, those are two of the main things. I mentioned the pre-job meetings and kickoff meetings. What we'll do is, before we ever even start a project, we'll all get together, the whole team that's going to be involved in the project, from the project engineer to the superintendent to the, you know, there's a labor on site, let's say, or there's pretty much the whole team accounting and the executives within the company that are assigned project executives. So, we'll talk about, you know, anything that might be high risk in the entire job. We'll give me an
1: example, and I'm sorry I didn't yeah. want to interrupt, but give me an example, maybe of something that types of activities on a job site that are potentially higher risk.
0: Just, yeah, just so, so we're kind of know in a broad sense. I would say anything that would involve fall protection, something that would involve imminent danger situation. One of the first things that comes to mind is a slitter pit. We call the slitter pit it's just a big pit on site on a project that we're working on or that we're still working on, where we had to excavate a hole that was about 40 foot deep by 20 foot mm-hmm. wide, which there was to start right at the beginning of the job too so one sort of the first things that happened was dig it out the pit you know we'd use dynamite to blast it out through our subcontractors and then dig it out and then install a concrete structure in there for the end user which would be the company that we were working for to build this building for something like that gets discussed a month or two in advance of the project even starting let's say so you know how we dig the hole how are we going to do the blasting how are we going to protect other people from getting in there how are we to protect the workers that are digging the hole. How are we going to protect the general population or we somebody from walking on our job site and falling into the enormous hole that could be extremely dangerous to somebody if they didn't know that was there. So especially if it's dark or something like that. So that's just an be- example of something that we do on the front end.
1: You bring up a really good point, John. And that's that safety on a job site isn't just I would tend to think, wow, that's safety for the workers, but it's for the general public or people that depending on if it's located at a busy urban location or wherever, it's keeping us civilians out of the job job cited out of harm's way as well. I think that's something that doesn't, for some reason, it didn't come to my mind initially.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's one of our big concerns in addition to keeping our workers safe, keeping our subcontractors safe, even anybody that comes with the job safe is the extra piece of that where it's used to, as an example. Again, I mean, what would happen is there'd be groundwater that would fill in underneath the pit and then it would become, it would look like a swimming pool, let's say, at, at one point in the project. So if you have a kid that live nearby or, you know, there's houses nearby this particular project in Washington, Missouri. But if a kid is walking around the job site or some high school kids or whenever, it looks like a swimming pool not right like they could fall in and not be able to get out so what we would do in that circumstance we would put life rafts into the pit to make sure that if anybody randomly somehow fell in they would be able to hold on to the life raft and save themselves we also built another structure up around the that what it got further along but yeah i mean that's one area that we always look at i mean it's first of all liability but also keeping anybody that might come out of the job site safe that's not really supposed to be there when we're not there so we try to right. check, and obviously when we are there, and then we close it up every night with security and fencing to the extent that we can, and to try and keep the general public. No,
1: that's a great point. And to that end, I know, I think it's true that Contegra has not experienced an incident leading to a lost workday for any of your people in more than three years. That's amazing to me when you think of the number of people, the jobs that you're performing, and just the fact that projects are dynamic and people are dynamic and everything and everyone is constantly in motion that no one has had a lost workday due to an incident in over 36 months. I bet that's something you're proud of.
0: Yeah very proud of that. I actually thought, when I thought about this, or in thinking about this, I wanted to go and look back. So I went and looked back to make sure. We haven't had any into any lots of We have not. It's been three plus years since we've had a lot of time into it. And that's critical to us for a number of reasons, obviously. But what we do is, if someone gets hurt, you know, we're very hands-on. So our insurance program is that we're a captive insurance program. It's not a traditional insurance market. We have a lot of control and a lot of get in the game, let's say, when it comes to us having a claim. So if somebody gets hurt on our jobs, which doesn't happen often, but it happens, we get them back to work in some form of modified duty as to the next day if possible. Thankfully, the injuries that we've had have not been so severe. that happen at times where we've been able to get the employee back to work, ran away. It can be modified duty. We definitely have cases where we have modified duty, but the modified duty and lost time incidents. So much more important to us in the industry in general to have an incident that results in modified duty as opposed to the lost time because has a tremendous effect on our experience modification rating which is our EMR, and a number of, well, there's obviously a number of hidden costs in there too where the claim kind of can get out of hand if you have a worker to at home for months and months and months upon end. Hard let, to get to the back
1: let me jump in for a second just for anyone who's not familiar with like a modified duty. So maybe use not an actual example, but just what would be an example of a type of a role maybe somebody's performing that they normally perform on a job site, and then what might be a modified yeah. duty role to make sure yeah. we understand.
0: A modified duty role would be, let's say someone gets hurt and they have a restriction of they can't lift over 20 pounds, right? So we would accommodate that on the job site with Special material handling instructions for things that he might have to lift. We would not have to lift anything over 20 pounds. we put equipment out there. We'd say, okay, you're going to be the supervisor for the next three weeks mm-hmm. over these guys. Then you're going to have helpers on your team that are going to help you. But you are not going to lift over 20 pounds to, you, to re-injure yourself to, to that we're asking him to do something that he's not doing to make sure that he's being he's actually working there's not a disagreement per se oh this guy gets hurt so now he's a supervisor you know i don't, don't want to say that that but that's just an example of right something he's our only guy that can do xyz right so maybe he we work with him on training another employee to do xyz while he's recovering during this modified duty and then we can get it done so yeah I mean, there's a number of different things we can do we can bring him in the office to do training if we have to you know. there's a number of different things that we can do to make sure the employee doesn't lose time for work and doesn't negatively affect us. On our EMR because it creates bad morale an employees gets hurt. He's out for extended period of time. There's a lot of factors that go into that. So we try and obviously work with the employee and make sure that we provide a job for him. So he's still making his full wage. He's not going on work comp. You know, out of work making sixty six percent of his money. So his or her money. So it's a big deal to us, and it's definitely beneficial for us and the employee.
1: Awesome. No, I appreciate you explaining that. What advice would you give to companies who are maybe not blessed to be in the position you've been in in terms of the three year less record, but to maybe companies that have, they're great companies, they have great people, but they're just struggling with a higher than industry average lost time record. Like what would be the ingredients to toward a solution, I guess, or the strategies to help them that you would, and I know this is just kind of general, but that you would recommend yeah. for help them get a handle on it and be safer and show that in their records?
0: Yeah, I think one of the main things that that safety people need to do to improve the safety program is show their management or show the leadership within the company and the finance guy in the company or female in the company, you know, what losses are costing you. So that's always a huge eye opener. So sometimes like for us, that's not the case, but for other companies like me, we're paying X and insurance and our competitors are paying and why, why this is happening? Why do we have all these losses all? I think presenting that information to the leadership and then getting their support to say, okay, go out and fix this, and we're going to give you all the help that you need to, we're going to back you to give you all the help that you need to fix, you know, the problems that we're incurring. And then it starts with your program, really. It's what are your expectations for your employees? Our expectation is we want to have zero incidents, right? We would be productive. We want to have zero incidents. We want everything to be great, right? But that's not always the case, obviously. So you want to make a program that's reasonable and makes sense. Obviously, you want to be in compliance with OSHA, but you know, OSHA, you can't base your entire CP program off OSHA regulations. You know, there's got to be other things in there that go above and beyond and things there that are make it realistic for guys to accomplish their work. So it's getting that ownership commitment, and then creating a program that can have the chance to be successful. It has to be buy-in from the employee. So we can't make a program that's not feasible and the employees aren't going to follow us. So to me, the most important things are that management commitment, program development, where are we have losses, let's focus on that. When we going to identify where our problems are, set expectations with the employee, and then make sure we're following through with those things
1: that makes sense. Yeah. Is it kind of a culture too? I'm not sure how to ask this, a culture where it's okay if I'm a worker and I see something that isn't safe, I can somehow confidentially or whatnot come to management and kind of like sort of, I don't want to say self-reporting, but is it that culture too where if people are on the work site and they just observe something that maybe isn't being done the right way or it's safe that they can kind of have an open door policy to you to somehow sort of report it, but yet not face the like stigma in terms of being the one that observed it, I don't know how to ask
0: that yeah but, no absolutely yeah. so kind of what you're referring to is like a good catch what we would call it yeah uh, every single employee in the whole company has my phone number my cell phone They can call any employee you can call me anytime and that happens. I mean people call me and say hey we have this going on at our job or I saw this guy doing this and this is what I did I'd you know I give him a verbal warning or you know we have a guy that's not tied off in the roof or something so I you know I, I sent him home for the rest of the day or before he fell or whenever it may be he caught something something before something bad happened. Good catch. So we encourage that. We reward that during our superintendent meetings, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point, but if the guys are 100% encouraged to report anything that they see. Not that it's a bad thing by any means, you know, And it's safety. So you're looking out for somebody else's safety and kind of protecting them from themselves. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they're, Maybe they're new. So it's not a bad thing. You're not trying to get somebody in trouble. I think that's part of the stigma with safety is like, oh, I need to do this so that I don't get in trouble by my boss. Well, no. If you ask somebody or you show somebody how to do something safer, you give them the tools to do it safer, it's for their better. Like, right. It's not something in my mind of, oh, I better make this guy do this. No, it's like, hey, I'm trying to make sure that you're safe and you go home every night. So it's not right. a gotcha if you're reporting a near miss or you're asking me a question about a subcontractor or one of our employees. It's, hey, I noticed this. I want this guy to be okay. We don't want to see anybody to right. get injured or kill the one of our jobs. How should we handle this or what can we do to make him better?
1: Right. No, I think that's wonderful. And I appreciate that that's part of a successful safety culture is the end goal is to bring these men and women home safely to their families at the end of the day and back for another safe day. So I think that's, that's fantastic. Well, um, we could talk forever on this. I think it's just so important for all of us to understand and how safety affects the bottom line for owners and for project developers and everyone else. But I think I really appreciate, John, you being on today and sharing just a glimpse at Contegra Constructions' successful safety culture. So yeah, we hope to have you back again. And thank you so much for being with us today on Build St. Louis. Absolutely. Thank you. You bet. At Trivers, we believe that buildings can and should make a meaningful difference in their communities. We choose challenging projects digging deep to solve hard problems. We seek sustainable solutions by repurposing more and wasting less. We create catalysts for change through hard work and ingenuity. Visit us online at Trivers.com to learn more. Trivers,
0: creating architecture of lasting positive consequence.